When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wednesday. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all things disgusting in the horror world. I'm Zena, and during the month of November, I'm hosting a takeover month while Megan and John are on break. So, welcome to Zvember. Uh, so, each week I'll have different guests co-hosting with me, and we'll discuss different horror topics, uh, you know, related per usual, and horror news and recommendations. But today, I have three guests with me okay so meet my co-hosts for the week i will have them introduce themselves let's to go first oh yeah my name is the evil tyrone i'm here i do horror interviews and horror discussions with the horror community you know just kind of bringing everybody together especially you know uh content creators of color you know just giving giving voices uh you know, just amplifying more voices out there and, you know, just having fun, just chopping it up. It's a laid back environment. You know, we just uh, give our opinions and, you know, we just we just have a lot of fun. And I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. You know, Yay, it's thank you so much. And I, and I can say, you know, Tyrone, there's just something about you where I just want to tell you everything. So you just <laughs> you make me feel very comfortable. So you just have a way with people. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And Molly. Uh, hello, my name is Molly Henry. Very happy to be here. Um, I am probably most well known as a film critic, mostly for my own website, The Blogging Banshee. Um, and then you might recognize me as the author of the Uterus Horror Column on Certified Forgotten. And I am also co-author of the upcoming uh, Queer Horror a Film Guide, which will hopefully be out around February of next year. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Welcome, Molly. And Molly has fabulous hair. So I, I don't oh, know. It's you. just... <laughs> And finally, my sweet baby LT. Hi, it's me, sweet baby LT, <laughs> aka Queer Demon. I am a horror loving junkie with a side of stitchery. I like to do embroidery pieces inspired by some of my favorite horror movies. And I also do like lots of unboxing videos. That's kind of become my favorite thing to do is just like share my love of horror, like knickknacks with the world. 
Um, apart from that, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and uh, X um, <laughs> at Queer Demon. But the O is a zero because unfortunately I was not fast enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, LT always has the best memes ever. <laughs> so, okay. Um, in this episode, we are going to dive into a horror round. I said round. Round table. We have a couple of topics and I'm so excited for us to like chat about it. Um, but before we do dive in, we actually have a text message from a listener. So it says, hey, Zena. And insert guest here. This is Sean. Hello, Sean from Iowa. I know you love a good witchy horror. What are your top 27 witchy horror movies? Or top three, if that's too many. Love the show. Zena, you're killing it. That, thank you. Um, I do love witchy. I do love witchy horror. I would love to give you 27. Um, but I'm also going to be, you know, considerate of everyone's time as well as, you know, with my guests. So we are going to do, be giving our top three witchy horror movies um would anyone love to go first uh well i guess i'll go first you know uh top three uh the first one would be uh one that my my late um great aunt put me on to uh pumpkin head you know which is just some something near dear to my heart like the witch in there just uh, just stuck with me, even to this day, you know, yeah. still stuck with me. Uh, number two would be The Witches, you know, of course. Like, I, I love both, but the original, the OG is just, you know, chef's yes. kiss, you know. And uh, number three would be The Autopsy of Jane Doe, you know, uh, love the witch in there. So if you have not checked out The Autopsy of Jane Doe, it is a killer time, killer time, like from start to finish. Love it. Okay, Tyrone. Gosh, putting us all to shame. So, <laughs> who wants to go next? I don't. <laughs> I can go. Um, I will say that probably by the time these answers leave my mouth, I will probably have different answers. <laughs> um, but I probably the ones that come to mind first are obviously The Craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a classic. Um, and it's, it's because they actually got consultants I like that it's actually closer to real life Wicca and witchcraft and things like that. Um, so I like the care and attention they put to that. Um, I also am, this isn't just one of my favorite witchy films. It's one of my favorite films in general, the 2018 Suspiria. Absolutely adore that film. Um, and the witches in there are so badass. (laughs) And they're beautiful. Yes. And then of course the Blair Witch Project, like to this day, one of the films that scares me the most. Um, and it's just, it revolutionized found footage Mm -hmm. and it, even without showing the witch, it's one of the most terrifying witches in film history. So nice. Awesome. Awesome choices. I'll go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my top picks that has actually turned me to recently is by my friend, Justin. He rec- they recommended that I watch Eyes of Fire. And Ooh. honestly, I was a little gagged. That movie kind of was a really fun little roller coaster for witchery. Um, and then another one I got from The Wretched. That was like another one that kind of, I don't know, it's a bit more modern. Mm-hmm. Um, really kind of spooked me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I don't know if you would consider this one witchy, but like there's a curse. And like witchcraft is indeed afoot, uh, but it is the <laughs> Indonesian movie Empedagore. 
Absolutely. Um, yes. I love this movie. I turn it to like everyone that requests a movie that for foreign horror, I'm like, you gotta start here. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of the best. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, so I have to have Poison for the Fairies on my list. Uh, when I first saw the movie, I was just very confused. I didn't know how to feel about it. Because at first I thought I wasn't a fan, but then I found days, weeks later, months later, it was still on my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I love it. And I just, ever since I bought like the Blu-ray, it's been on repeat. I'm also going to go with Pie Wacket. And I love this movie. This movie creeped me out to the core, you know? And I remember, um, you know, seeing the poster. I skipped watching the trailer. I don't really like to watch trailers too much. And there was something about it, like, that just, you know, you know when you watch something and you find yourself doing normal things like brushing your teeth and then you get a little bit nervous because you remember a scene. So I, I love that for me. And then uh, the last one I'm going to go with Wes Craven's Summer of Fear uh, because I remember I watched that one uh, years ago. I think I, I was going on a binge just watching a whole bunch of Wes Craven stuff and um whoa that movie i just absolutely love the feel of it i love the build-up of it i felt like in some ways it's relatable and then just the fact that you know this woman just came into these people's lives and she was ready just to take everything you know so that's always like a good time so yeah i absolutely love witchy horror movies i i could go on but i'll just leave it at this three for now I love that we all had different answers too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said pie like it though. And I almost said the witches. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. Well, a lot of recommendations, you know. Yeah. Because we have good taste. And True. the Grand High Witch and the Witches, she's just so fabulous. I know she hated children, but she's so fat. <laughs> she didn't have That's to my favorite so sweatshirt is of her. <laughs> but okay. Uh, we do have another email. Um, well, this one's an email from a listener. Um, so basically, the question is, what is a habit in your daily life that attribute to your love of horror? This is from David in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so for example, before getting in my car, I will look in the windows of my car to make sure no one or nothing is hiding in the back seat or cargo space, thanks to a few movies, but mainly Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. Um, thanks for taking the time to... Um, for, for my question and the hours and joy you provided through this podcast. Oh, David. Okay. Um, I'll go first for, for this one. Uh, arachnophobia scarred me as a child. I still to this day do not like spider, spiders. I don't like any creepy crawly type of stuff. I know like people say, oh, you, you're a real queen of horror. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't like it. And um, I always, always, always check my shoes before putting them on because you never know. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's that for me. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I would say for me, something that contributes is, uh, well, as a kid, I was watching a lot of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And for some reason, there were a lot of old folks that were the villain in those episodes. So yeah. <laughs> just old people in general, like I have this irrational fear when I'm home alone. And uh, I feel like an older woman is just going to, rise up from the floorboards and drag me to uh drag me to the down under you know where do i get God. this you know where like i'm i'm a i'm a 35 year old man i don't know why this still affects me <laughs> to this to like this but it is what it is you know old folks because of are you afraid of the dark you know i would probably have to say for me like 
it would be either Courage the Cowardly Dog or Jumanji that taught me to like kind of be afraid but still kind of go for it. <laughs> 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 I guess those were like pretty big milestones and I was like a kiddo. Nice. I, mine is kind of embarrassing. As soon as you asked the question, I knew what the answer was going to be, and I knew I was going to be embarrassed. It's uh, a safe space. <laughs> so um, I'm sure you're all familiar with the movie Darkness Falls. <laughs> um, so specifically from the, the cold opener of that one, when the main character is a little kid and experiences the, the tooth fairy or whatever you want to call her. I, since seeing that movie, if I wake up during the night to go to the bathroom or I have to let the dogs out or something, I don't open my eyes all the way <laughs> because I'm worried that I'm going to see something in the darkness that I shouldn't see. Mm. So I'll walk around with my eyes just barely open, like enough so I can see what's on the floor in front of me and not trip. <laughs> and it's really embarrassing to admit that, but it's all because of darkness fall. <laughs> you know, that's very smart, actually. Yeah, because I mean, if I if I'm just barely looking at the ground, I'm not going to see if there's anything creepy that's waiting for me to look at it. Exactly. If I can't, I don't want to die. If I can't see the evil, it can't see me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. See, and then we're also giving people tips in life. So stay safe. <laughs> but okay, so you guys ready for our first topic? Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. So a couple of days ago, it'll be over a week by the time this is posted. Uh, Monkey Paw posted on their social media an article from Collider discussing the villains who drank milk. And it says, this is what makes milk such a sinister beverage. The drink of choice for villains these days is milk. Question mark. Uh, okay. So I'd like to know for, from you, if you could name a villain that lives in your head rent-free, like just lives there forever. Um, that is a milk-drinking villain. <laughs> Who is someone that comes to mind? Uh, I would have to say, right off the bat, you know, uh, Hans from Inglorious Bastards, you know, when <laughs> when he was drinking his glass. Um, yeah. It's just something very, very sinister about it. Plus, for me, I'm lactose intolerant, so milk is the enemy anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The only you thing we don't Down tolerate milk. is lactose. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't have my first root beer float until like last year, you know, so it because of the vegan ice cream options and things like that. So yeah, yeah but uh seeing seeing Hans drink it and just how sinister he was and mm-hmm. just the mood. It just every time I watch that scene, I, I feel the the I feel the sweat. You know, I feel the nervousness. It just it just takes me there. So yeah, Hans, all the way. Okay, okay. Wait, real real quick. Let's let's just steer off down a rabbit hole real quick. <laughs> Have you all been uh, lactose intolerant your whole life, or did it develop? Oh, yeah. I think Every my year. whole life, I just didn't care mm-hmm. until I was older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's to the point to where I'm like, I'm scheduling my day. Like, if I'm doing something tomorrow, am I going to be able to survive this milkshake? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. You know, Get the salted caramel milkshake. <laughs> 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 Good choice. <laughs> 
Like I've, I, as a kid, like I would feel certain reactions and, mm-hmm. you know, my parents, they'd be like, no, drink, drink your milk. You know, you're not getting up from that seat until you drink your milk. So I would literally sit there two hours staring at the glass to they're like, all right, you know, you can get up, pour the milk oh. down the drain. So, you know, it's, I, I knew it since a kid, you know, I just, okay. I can never, I can never prove it. I should probably mm-hmm. get an allergy test and, uh, you know, send it to my parents actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it's been for me. There was always something there. Like, I, I didn't really care. I would just do it anyway. Um, and then one time, someone was like, hey, why don't you try almond milk? And I became so obsessed with almond milk. This was maybe like six, seven years ago. Yeah, maybe maybe six, seven years ago. Anyway, started drinking it. I left milk alone for a month. And then I remember I tried to go back. I literally thought I was going to die. Like, no, it, it felt like somebody was like stabbing my stomach where I just felt nauseous. But luckily, because I ate a cream cheese bagel today, but I now take pills to help. Yes. <laughs> Lactate is my savior. It is everything. <laughs> they have ice cream. They have milk. It's just, it, it feels so good to just, just be able just to have ice cream, to have something again that just makes you feel wonderful, you know? So, okay, just had to go down that rep. I'm so happy that we <laughs> all relate. No one feels my pain. But okay, so back to... The milk drink, milk drinking villain. <laughs> the one that comes to mind for me, just because it's even more disgusting because it is actual human breast milk, is Homelander <laughs> from The Boys. Um, I mean, he already is a horrifying person to begin with, but watching him drink breast milk just makes it so much worse. <laughs> Um, that will haunt me to the end of my days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think mine is a bit less like involved with a horror movie. It actually harkens back to like Disney Channel. Um, <laughs> so obviously, we're all of the same generation, and we grew up with Kim Possible, right? Mm-hmm. So Kim Possible's villain, uh, Draken, Dr. Draken, he, um, he invents this machine one day where it makes him turn from evil to good. And when he becomes good, his obsession is chocolate milk, but he calls it his cocoa moo. And honestly, I have never, <laughs> I've never been able to like not refer to chocolate milk as cocoa moo. It's just like every single time, even if it's not even like chocolate milk, like hot chocolate or whatever. It's just, that's always what sticks with me. I feel like I was like born to answer this question or something. <laughs> I love that. Okay, um, just because I recently rewatched this movie for research and I wish that I didn't because, I mean, it's a great movie, but, you know, it's just one of those movies that really just kind of like, eh. Um, The Hills Have Eyes, the 2006 remake, Lizard, first off, he creeped me off, he creeped me out so bad, but not only does he just, like, attack this family, who's minding their own business, him and some other cannibals on the loose, they go into this camper, he's going through the fridge, he jugs the milk, you know, just drinking it. Then he also attacks a woman, you know, trying to get her breast milk. And I just, it was just a horrible experience. Yeah, I had to forward past that part. But a lot of parts, actually, in that movie. <laughs> um, it is pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty brutal movie. And it's like, um, one of those that's still to this day, even though it came out, came out back in like 2006. But it's still very effective. So 
immediately when I saw that they were discussing like villains, you know, drinking milk, I thought about Lizard, which I haven't in a while, thank God. So, <laughs> but yeah, but okay. Uh, I just love that. I love the uniqueness of, of that um, kind of like list and everything. But so let's move on to the next one. So this one is about Saw X and it's also about Five Nights at Freddy's. So Saw X just passed $100 million worldwide and Five Nights at Freddy's passed $200 million this week. So without any spoilers, why do you think these movies did so well in theaters? It just did so well in, in general. Well, I think Saw, like it's, it's got, of course, the brand recognition, but I think that they did something interesting and uh, new as far as, you know, their take on the, uh, the franchise this time around, you know. Uh, so it was, it was a little refreshing and, you know, from from what I from what I had heard and from what like I saw the movie, but you know from just what was in the air, like people were very receptive to it. So you know, word mm-hmm. of mouth and Five Nights at Freddy, uh, you know, also brand recognition. Like even if you were somebody like me who hasn't played the game, but you know, watch the let's plays and things like that, uh, it's just like a must see. Like you got to check it out, you know. And I saw it, and it was it was pretty good. Like I feel like it was a nice entry level, you know, horror movie. Like, you know, it's yeah. a lot of a lot of people can watch it and, you know, dive into it. So it's a it's an easy watch. You know. For sure. I think it's definitely that brand recognition for for both of them. Probably at least in the horror community, probably saw more so has the brand recognition. But both of them have those long standing brands. But I also think it helped that they were horror films released in October. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have the regular horror crowd who would go see them, but now all the people who only watch horror in October are going to go out and see those movies as a way to kind of celebrate Halloween and stuff. So I think those two things combined definitely helped those films. And yeah, yeah. And also like all of the audience was like primarily Gen Z people when I went. So it's like mm-hmm. all of these like, Obviously, they were, like, much younger when they were introduced to it. But now, you know, they're old enough to buy their own movie tickets. So it's just, it's kind of neat that they get to fill the butts with the seats. and what, Or fill the right. seats with the butts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's really nice to see that, like, horror can be enjoyed by, like, more than just your regular, regular horror fans. It's really nice mm-hmm. to see that they're kind of welcoming it with open arms. It's like killer robot teddy bear dude. <laughs> I, I agree with, with all of you. I know, like, I have a 10-year-old niece. And I remember before, she's like, oh, I don't like horror. But then she went to go see Five Nights at Freddy's um, about three times already. Mm. You know? So it's just kind of... And no, she don't want to watch it, like, on Peacock. She went to <laughs> she went to the theaters <laughs> to see it. You know? And it's just like, all right, yeah. girl, live your life. Like, her parents, they support her decision. So, but even with that, I noticed that she's slowly getting into some things. Like, not saying that Wednesday, as an example, is at all, like, a horror. But even when it came to, like, darker stuff like that, she wasn't a fan. And then, again, I even have some older nephews, okay, uh, who are, like, one is 20. I know, okay? He's 20. And he's into... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay he's 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 into it you know so it's just like and this is coming from someone who he really doesn't like horror he's not too big on halloween but he went to go see saw x with his friends had a good time and five nights at freddy's and obviously if there are more of these movies i just see that continuing on and i just love the fact again you know lt said this that you know they're welcoming it 
with open arms. So that's really, you know, cool to see. So, okay. Um, I love how we're just moving right along. So now we're going to move to Fair Street franchise. So it was just recently announced uh, Netflix. They updated us on the future of it. So um, we'll be getting another one. Woohoo. Yeah. So, which is great. Um, so if you are a fan of the, you know, the franchise, I want to know how do you rank it? And, you know, if you can give why. Ooh, I would say uh, with the Fair Street franchise, uh, the first, I would say top tier for me is 1978. You know, it's top tier because I feel like it, it gives me that that vibe, that camp vibe, you know, uh, and it was, I just feel like it was, it was well done, you know, super mm -hmm. well done out of, out of all three. Uh, the second one would be 1994, you know, cause again, it gives me that nostalgic vibe, you know, uh, grew up in the nineties. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is my type of feel, you know? So I love when now we're getting directors and writers going back to that era and looking at it from their lens, you know, we're getting, you know, millennial people behind the cameras and things like that. So I'm, I'm loving that. And then, uh, you know, 1666, which, which was not bad at all, even though it's at the bottom of my list, it was not bad at all. I really, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that as well. Um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love the Fear Street trilogy. I actually just rewatched it, um, in October for, <laughs> for Halloween. Um, it's funny. I have a very different order. Uh, number one for me is actually 1666. Um, but that is because it's queer and witchy, which is all the things I like. So naturally, that's the one that I'm gravitating towards. Um, and I, I don't know if I should say this since it's spoiler, even though it's been out for a couple years now. Okay, spoilers. Um, <laughs> I, I like that it changes the story so the witch isn't the villain. That's one of the things that I love about mm -hmm. that one. Um and then uh, next would be 78. I just love the look and feel of it. I love Ziggy. I think she's a great character. Um, really, I love all the characters in that yeah. one. But I, and it just, I love the look of the killer in that one too. Um, and then for me, it would be 94, 1994. But it's only because, because like, obviously, like I grew up in the 90s. I love all the music in it. I love the look of it. That one has arguably the best kills as well. For me, it's only because the relationship between Dina and Sam is so toxic in that one. And it, like, at first when I was watching, I was like, this is not great queer representation. <laughs> but then by the time you watch all the way to the end to 1666, it's all better. So it's yeah. fine. But just if I'm looking at that one by itself, I, I was not a fan of the relationship. But everything else I love in that one. Yeah, I'm very much similar in that regard for that one also being like last place in my ranking. But it's like it's just so hard because like mm -hmm. they're so good. And I mean my my ranking starts out with seventy eight. I love Sackhead Jason. I am unapologetic about that. Um plus this is like the one with the hottest horror himbo. So and he gets a <laughs> great death, you know? Um, and then I also like Queer and Witchy, which is why 1666 is my next pick. I just, I don't know. I mean, like, I wasn't really initially a fan of, like, the accent work. But, like, mm -hmm. once I turned that part of my brain off, I was like, okay, we're having a good time. Everyone is, you know, going to the church to get their eyeballs plucked. But, you know, it's we're having fun. <laughs> we're having a good time. And we're doing it together. Yeah. Um, and, like, as much as I do love 1994, like, that's also why 
um, with what Molly said, like the relationship was just so like, I don't know. I just wanted to like reach through the TV screen and like separate them and be like, mm-hmm. girlies, <laughs> we're not making progress. So we just got to step it up and like, be like, this isn't good for either of you. We need to either yeah. go our separate ways or we need to talk it out. <laughs> Um, okay, so mine kind of switches sometimes. Sometimes I just love how it was released, 94, 78, 1666. But I also have a thing for 70s horror movies. You know, there's just something very magical about them. Uh, So 78, 94, 1666, but they're all good. It's it's just so crazy how like even when you think about you know some franchises sometimes we we get some movies that's just like eh that one wasn't really too great but I feel like genuinely all of the movies are so great you know and I'm curious to know um for you all um I'm not too sure if this will be like your first pick of uh, the the movie that you said first in this um, ranking which one would you recommend to someone to start off watching. Like, so say if they're completely new to the franchise, which one do you think that you would just like recommend for them to start off like watching? Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally would have them go in the release order. Yeah, I think it would probably be confusing yeah. if they didn't start with 94, especially since it's the kind of film that reveals more about the lore mm-hmm. with each edition. So I, I think definitely starting with 94 is the way to go. Okay. Yeah, I agree. 94. Um, especially cause just, just the way the story was told, like, I feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's going to, uh, it's going to make more sense. Plus, uh, the, the cliffhangers, you know, it's just, I, I love, yeah. it's just something about yeah. 94, you know, truly, truly, truly. Yeah. I think release order would definitely be the best mm-hmm. way, but I would argue that you could also start with, uh, 78 just due to the fact like the cold open is basically a quick brief summary mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. what happened. Right. So like, obviously you could just like be like, Oh, okay. This is like, if you would recommend to a person, there's that movie, the third Saturday in October part mm-hmm. five, like definitely like do it. Like just watch that one yeah. as it is like where it's at in the order. And it just kind of like helps it along a little that it's got that like bit of exposition, but yeah, I could mm-hmm. totally see someone starting with like 78. For sure. Actually, I was gonna, the reason why I brought that up, I have a friend who he usually recommends for people to start with 78. And for that same reason, you know, you kind of get like a briefing and stuff like that. um, And then go to 94, then go to 1666. Um, I kind of like the order that it's released. Just do it. Just, you know, just watch watch it the, the regular way, you know, and then see how you feel about it. So, but okay, uh, before we move on to the next topic, um, I just want to remind our listeners about our giveaway. Um, so we are giving away a Bloody Disgusting bundle. So the bundle features like a t-shirt. It's the Bloody, Bloody, Bloody Disgusting t-shirt, um, Bloody Disgusting enamel pin. We also have the Bloody Disgusting sticker pack and a free long, free year-long subscription to Screenbox. So if you want to win this bundle, you can just send in a horror-related question and you'll be entered to win. Um and then yeah i'll announce the winner at the end of this month so you have to keep a lookout for that so you can call or text us at 224-475-1040 the number is also in the show notes show notes too or feel free to email us jesus email us at be discussing uh podcast at gmail or if you know if you're shy again you can text you can send us a dm you can also send us an email so there you go all right so 
we have about three more topics and we might even have a bonus, okay? So with Thanksgiving coming up, I want us to talk about the final poster for Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. So it pays tribute to the 90s, early 2000s slasher movie poster. Um, and the tagline is, there will be no leftovers, which that just makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, well, first, what do you guys think about the poster? Uh, I think it was, I think it was amazing, um, especially because... I've been hungry for this movie, you know, for years. <laughs> Seems like was it over over a decade? Over wow. you know, feels like twenty years. I know it's not been mm -hmm. twenty years, but it feels like twenty years, you know. So, I've been. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. Yeah. I personally thought the poster was a little lackluster. Um, I think for me too, it's just because since this film started as a faux trailer mm -hmm. in Grindhouse and it had that very Grindhouse 70s look to it, I think it would have been cool if they had carried that over to the poster and given the poster more of a 70s look. Right. Um, or at least like had it be more that kind of painterly style mm -hmm. that was more popular back then. Mm -hmm. Um because I, I feel like with so many slasher type movies these days, like it looks very much like the two newest Scream movie posters. Um, so I would like, I personally would like a little more variety, a little bit more artistry, but I, I'm still, I love the tagline and I'm still definitely interested to see the film. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> this, uh, this poster, like I agree with you, Molly. I'm, I'm so surprised that they didn't go more seventies. You know, I, I like the, I love the poster. Um, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, when you want some gore in your life, not sometimes, but majority of the time, that's just how, <laughs> how you feel with some stuff, especially where it's with the whole, there'll be no leftovers. It's just like, I want right. to see some heads. Or a hand. <laughs> like or a hand. hand. Or like, you yeah. know, um, in the, in the cranberry sauce, there's an eyeball floating, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something that, that shows us. us why there's going to be no leftovers. <laughs> So I'm curious to know what are some of your favorite posters and favorite taglines? You could put them together. It could be separate. Let me know. Um, I would say uh, Dr. Giggles, you know, uh, from the, I think it was the nineties. Um, and the tagline was the doctor is out of his mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just actually like seeing that movie. Cause I saw it for the first time, like last year, and I'm like, this is completely accurate to the movie. This guy was mm -hmm. totally whacked out. And I don't know, it's just something I love. I love a cheesy tagline on a on a poster. If there's something about it, you know, it it takes me back to like the goosebumps days, you know, uh just just going to the book fairs and picking out uh, a book and you know, just seeing those cheesy taglines with the uh cheesy type covers, you know, there's there's nothing like it, you know. I, if I, this is tough. I am such a very indecisive person, <laughs> but I, I, the first one that came to mind for this was the poster for the monster squad. Um, again, I love that kind of painterly style of posters. And I like that it's the kids are really bright and colorful, but then the monsters looming in the background, they're all that blue tone, like they're in the shadows and it has the longest tagline, but it's so good. <laughs> it's, you know who to call when there are ghosts, but who do you call when there are monsters? <laughs> so, and it's so good. It's so long. Um, 
if I'm talking just purely amazing tagline, it's probably, I think it was uh, Alien was the one that's in space, no one can hear you scream. Like that's probably one of the best ones, but I just love the comedy of the Monster Squad one and it fits so well with the tone of the film. <laughs> I don't know if I have like a favorite poster. I mean, obviously like Army of Darkness comes to mind because it looks like literally like a romance novel and it's <laughs> absolutely features one of the most beautiful men in horror. Um, but I would probably have to go with like Deep Red. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Deep Red is uh, one of my absolute favorite posters and also one of my favorite giallos in general, just cause it's like, I don't know. I just, I love the layers and the variety mm -hmm. that it is. And we were just talking about it, like being from the seventies and all that artistry is just like, I eat it up. <laughs> um, but as far as the tagline goes, I actually love the one from Pieces because it mentions Texas <laughs> in it. <laughs> so it says you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. And it's just so <laughs> iconic. I love it. I love it every time. Okay, awesome choices. Um, so I have two favorite taglines. Uh, so the first one from... <laughs> you guys saw that, right? What is it? I don't know. Okay, listeners, I'm sorry. So the software that we record on, whenever I do like these uh, stuff with my hands, like something <laughs> pops up and <laughs> I don't know. It's not working now. Okay. Okay. Uh, it knows you're talking about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, the first uh, tagline I really like, uh, Night of the Creeps. Uh, the good news is your dates are here. The bad news is that they're dead. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> you have jokes. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I always love that one. Um, and then another tagline, which I feel like Tyrone will really appreciate, Abby. <laughs> you know? Oh, Abby doesn't yes. need a man anymore. <laughs> the devil is her lover. And it's just like, isn't she married? Like, I don't know. It's just <laughs> It's it's so what black is, exploitation, you know. I love that it's, movie. The movie is so insane. Like, it's but bonkers. and I knew, I knew it was gonna be just by that tagline, you know. So that one, I really love that one. And then uh, favorite poster wise, I have there's so many. Of course, Night of the Demons, nineteen eighty eight. That one's just perfection. But I really love Fright Night, the nineteen eighty five version. I think that it's just very beautiful. And recently, something more recent, I love the poster for When Evil Lurks. They put out this poster where it was kind of like on a farmland. Yes, it was kind of like on a farmland. The fingers like pointing down, but the 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 earth is like cracked and stuff. And it's just like I literally lost my mind about the, with that poster. And then even when I hit up the director, he he told me like, oh, you know, they're actually not gonna um put that's not gonna be the main poster. And I felt like saying no. You know, so they actually went to ended up with another poster. It's like kind of red and has some white in it. The poster's cool, but it didn't like make me lose my mind or like that particular poster. Yeah, that's so, the one with yeah. the axe in the face, right? Yes. That's the one. I know. So I, I didn't lose I my mind. Yeah, it's like finger. just red with a silhouette yeah, and stuff. The yeah. finger is way cooler. It's got much <laughs> yeah. more variety and depth, but we're happy to have either. <laughs> we are. We are. But it was, oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, is there any other posters that uh, pop to mind? If not, we can just keep it going. Uh, I think Child's Play too. Like Child's Play too. I really dig that. Dig that poster. You know, just the yeah. just the toy box and you know things like that. Like it, 
it even to this day like it's still it still uh brings me joy you know mm-hmm. just that look <laughs> just yeah there's a couple from puppet master that come to mind yes i was thinking oh, that yeah i i like unapologetically love puppet master um Same. it's so much fun um but definitely from i think it's the third one curse of the puppet master and it is just like it's featuring all of my favorite little puppets you know you got like uh the pin i don't know if his name's pinhead it's like the one that's like a tiny head but he's got like enormous hands love yeah. him he's definitely yeah. one of my faves <laughs> um and then leech woman who i definitely want to dress up for as halloween one day as soon as Ooh, i figure out how to do the leech thing <laughs> that would be amazing right <laughs> I just gotta like prune, maybe. <laughs> I mean, they don't gotta be real like leeches. Obviously, I'm right. not gonna do that. But like, I don't know. I'm just going to a Halloween party dressed as leech woman and just like vomiting prunes. It's <laughs> goals for sure. <laughs> you need to talk to that uh, Harry Potter uh, prop person because they did the slugs. Oh yes. In, yes, in like the second movie, I think. And I think they even said they were chocolate flavored, so oh, then they would taste good too. Perfect. I love chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Okay. Uh, just for me, um, another one that comes to mind is like the Amityville franchise. Mm. Um, that franchise, I I love the franchise. Like <laughs> it just gets more and more insane, and they're unapologetic about it, and I love that for them. And I'm gonna watch them. That's one thing about me. I I will watch it. So I just love the fact that which with each theme, there's just like you know it represents like even though there's one with a dollhouse, there's one with a clock. You know, and then you see it on the poster. So that's that's really cool. Just like that cheese type of aspect added in there. I also think the Dead Alive poster is probably one of the most iconic yeah. posters of all time. It's I just remember that even though I never rented it as a kid, I didn't see it until I was in my 20s. I just remember every time I would go through the horror section, mm-hmm. that would be the, the VHS that I would hone in on because it just looks so terrifying. Yes. Oh, yes. Also, Motel Hell. Like Motel Hell's uh, mm, covers, yeah. just so unhinged and so unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome stuff. So let's talk about some TV series since we did cover, you know, movies and everything like that. So if you watched any horror TV series this year, which one do you highly recommend? And you can include as many as you like. Ooh, this year, uh, I feel like... Or- you- or just if, if that's too tough too, because it, it's true. What is time? <laughs> Let's say from any year. From I mean, I really love Lovecraft Country. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. one that uh, that comes to mind. But uh, I would have to say like from from this past year, mm-hmm. uh, really digging from. You know, huge mystery. You really mm-hmm. they really don't answer too much in that show. But I'm still falling down the rabbit hole. I'm like, let me let me go down deeper. Let me take this elevator mm-hmm. all the way down. Let me find out what's going on with these people. Um, if you have not checked out from like it definitely grips you from the very first episode, you know, and it uh it it keeps you it keeps you invested, you know, it definitely keeps you invested. So and it's on uh I think it's on what is it was on Epics, but they changed was it MGM plus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, MGM mm-hmm. plus now. So, you know, yeah, check check out from, you know awesome recommendation i will stick to this year because if i expand it beyond that it will be far too difficult for me <laughs> but, um the, the these are two shows that have been on for a while but obviously they had seasons this year um what we do in the shadows mm-hmm. is just one of my favorite shows ever it is so funny 
And it's every time I think that they are going to run out of things to do <laughs> and ways to be funny, they just keep it going. <laughs> um, I want to live in that house with those vampires. They are hilarious. <laughs> I aspire to be Nadia. So. Yes. Um, and then I also really love the Chucky series. Um, I think it actually has, in a lot of ways, surpassed a lot of what was done in the films, even though I love the films, mm-hmm. too. Like, the show is just so good, and the representation on it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love the core three characters and their evolution over the uh, seasons. And this season that's going on right now has been absolutely insane so far. So definitely recommend checking that one out. I'd probably recommend uh, Junji Ito's uh, Maniac. It's the Japanese Tales of the Macabre. It's currently on Netflix. And Mm -hmm. it basically just covers, I mean, it's kind of like an anthology. It's just like all of his like previous work and it's brought to life. So if you're unaware, Junji Ito is a very famous mangaka, which means he's like the artist behind some of the most depraved and disturbing imagery Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you could probably lay your eyes on. Um, but it takes like a lot of his older stories as well as like some of his newer stuff, which is not what a lot of people get to see animated Mm -hmm. very frequently. Um, and you know, will you squirm? Probably, but it's worth it. It's it's totally (laughs) worth it. And it's like a really fun watch. Um, and another one that I would recommend, I think I found this one on like Crunchyroll and it's another anime called Yami Shibai. And it's very stylistic. It is, uh, all of the episodes are only like four to five minutes, uh, but they touch on like urban legends of Japan. And the the art for it is almost like paper theater. So it's like Mm -hmm. very stylistic. The the characters move in such a way to where it's like they're, I don't know. It's just like a little unsettling to look at just due to the like uncanniness of it sometimes. But that's another one I'd highly, highly recommend to check out if you're wanting to watch, like, more anime that involves horror. Okay. Awesome. Um, for me, I'm going to recommend The the Last of Us. You know, it was a very popular series that came out earlier this year, and it had me, like, the feels. Um, my spirit left my body a couple of times, which was great, kind of, you know, uh, it was just, <laughs> it was a really, a really good time. I feel like there's something for everyone. So even if you, you've never played the game before, I think that you'll still enjoy it. I played the game, one of the video games like a long time ago. So it's just like really cool to see. And then, you know, no spoilers, but gosh, just make sure you're ready. Okay. Um, that's that. And then a uh, second one, uh, connect i think that it came out last year or maybe this year again what is time um it's like this uh south korean sci-fi horror um series and it's about a serial killer um based on a webtoon but there is a supernatural twist and right away i was completely hooked i think i binged it in almost a day uh because i could not get enough of it so that one's really cool and that one's on hulu Oh, and then The Last of Us is on Max or HBO Max with that one. So stepping outside of, oh, wait, do you guys have any bonuses? Not saying that you have to, just want to make sure that you're like clearing uh, the air. Creep show. Series. I'm going to drop Ooh. Creep Show. Oh, in there. Yeah. They've, they've oh, been yeah. uh, surprising me every season. You know, <laughs> they've been consistent with uh, with what they're doing, you know, so... I'm really in this past season. I was really digging, you know, uh, a lot of the episodes. So Creep Show definitely in there. Nice. Yeah, talking about 
zombies in South Korea. Um, one show that I think, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it's one that I don't remember hearing anyone talking about. Um, the show on Netflix, All of Us Are Dead, mm-hmm. which is the the kids in the high school in South Korea and it's a zombie outbreak happens and it's um, like the weird social dynamics on top of them having to worry about being eaten by zombies and stuff. <laughs> I loved that show and I don't remember hearing anyone talk about it. So I highly recommend checking it out. I hope that it gets picked up for a second season because they left it so open mm-hmm. at the end of that show. Um, I want more of it. Um, I just don't know if enough people watched it. Yeah. So maybe if everyone listening goes and watches it, <laughs> they will pick it up for another season. <laughs> I need to watch it. It's so oh, it's good. amazing. It's amazing. Okay. So, <laughs> so all right, let's uh, move on to, we're still going to be talking about series, but I kind of want to step outside of the horror. Um, if, if, if there is a series that you really dig, that's not really a horror, but it does have like that horror type of vibe going on. Ooh, I, that's the first part and I'll, I'll wait for the second part sorry oh yeah no problem um i would say atlanta atlanta for me uh mm-hmm. definitely has like a lot of horror aspects in it you mm-hmm. know um especially the way it's shot you know the way the lines are delivered the way the mood is uh it's it just there was a lot of episodes throughout uh, I think it was four seasons throughout its four seasons i was like this this is a horror show so you cannot tell me any you can't tell me any different this is a horror show mm-hmm. uh for me it's definitely reservation dogs um adore that show to begin with um clearly i i really like fx shows because that's also where what we do in the shadows is um but i mean the show is very much a comedy and a drama i feel like i i laugh and cry in pretty much every episode <laughs> but there are also a lot of horror themes throughout. Like they talk about horror movies a lot, but also um, there are a few episodes that involve like the legend of the deer woman, which I am obsessed with that, that war and um, the way that they do it. It's she's threatening, but only to the people who deserve it, which I like Mm -hmm. also. Um, But that, I mean, that show is amazing. It's, I am very sad it's over, but I'm glad it ended on a high note also because some shows go on a little too long. Yeah. Um, but definitely highly recommend that it's, it's a great combination of comedy and drama, um, and just stories that you don't typically see on TV, which I like also. So I have two, I think one is definitely like more horror adjacent than the other. Um, but I'll keep that one for last. So the first would be Adventure Time. Adventure Time has some of the most disturbing imagery I have ever seen in my young life, not going to lie. Like, between the design for the lich and, like, the creepy stuff that happens with the lemon grabs, it's just, like, it's it's body horror fuel. It, like, definitely mm-hmm. showed me that things can be scary but also cool-looking at the same time. Like, specifically the lemon grab episode where they have, like, they're, like, starving for candy because they keep turning the candy into their people. And so, like, but they turn them into these, like, wild, like, amalgam experiments. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, but there's uh, the other show, which is called Girl from Nowhere. And similar to All of Us Are Dead, I also don't hear a lot of people talk about this. But my sister recommended this to me a couple years ago. And it is basically about this girl who comes to this 
school as a new student and uncovers like everyone's deepest, darkest secrets. And some of those secrets are far left better in the dark. Oh, um, but that's it's on really Netflix, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's okay. on Netflix. It's it's a pretty easy watch. I haven't made it through the second season. So like if you mm-hmm. have kudos to you, uh, you're more of a fan than I am. Um, but it's pretty great to see like high school through like, a, well, one, like a different lens, but like two, mm-hmm. it's just like these kids are undergoing something like absolutely terrifying and horrifying. But like at the end of the day, they're still like just teenagers and they're still trying to just like make it by. So it's like all this like added societal pressure and like, you know, they're trying to get into like good universities and such. So I don't know. I just, I eat that stuff up too. So (laughs) (laughs) I, I started watching the show um, and then I don't know what happened. I stopped watching it, but I was really enjoying, I think only made it to the first season, like the second or third episode, but it's, it's pretty intense. Like some of the stuff that goes on. So yeah, that good recommendation. Um, for me, I also have two. So the first one is the other black girl on Hulu. It's, I don't really know. It's not really a horror, but it has like horror stuff. And I did talk about it on the podcast and I think I said the same thing. Um, but again, just the vibes are there Uh, for me. I just loved when I first started watching it. It's kind of also like a mystery, you know, um, I have a thing for mysteries. I used to be so obsessed with Veronica Mars, um, still kind of am, you know, just a little bit. And uh, so this, you know, this woman, she's not solving cases, but she is trying to figure out something. There's something strange going on in the office. And I kind of love the journey um, as the viewer that we go on the ride with, you know, that, that we pretty much take through the show. And for me, it was just such a satisfying ending, even though I I need season two, but it was a satisfying ending. Um, I just highly rec- recommend it. It's funny. You know, there's some parts that's a little spooky, just a little slippet, you know? So there's that. Um, then the other one is actually a Netflix show, um, The Watcher. I uh, I don't know. It's more of a thriller, you know, but basically about these people that moves into like their, th- their, their dream home and then only to be plagued. Like they're pretty much receiving these letters from some random person, you know, people are breaking into their home and apparently it's based on a true story, you know? And it's just like, whoa. So I don't really think that there'll be a season two. I kind of hope that the, as much as I love the show, I don't really need a season two. Um, but just seeing what the family, what they went through, it's like, what a nightmare. Moving is already hard anyway, but imagine you were just getting harassed, stalked, st- Things are ending up in your house that's clearly noticeable, you know? Um, Then the neighbors are a little off. You think someone's dead. Surprise, they're not. And people just acting like it's normal. So, and there's kind of like a cycle in there going on. So, okay. Uh, Part two to this question um, with these particular shows. Is there a scene that sticks out for you that that you just really enjoy? You think about a lot. Any scene at all? Yeah, I think for uh, for Atlanta, there's a scene specifically that takes place on uh, on Lake Lanier, which it has its own like background and uh, you know history, which you know is is very deep, which I'm I'm not necessarily going to get into on here, but uh, it is you know seemingly haunted. But there's there's a monologue that they have in that in that certain scene where it's just like it's very haunting especially with what's going on and you just see like uh you see someone talking to a what is perceived what could be a spirit 
you know, which is, it's just wild. It just, it creeped me out. I, there were certain, certain parts of that show that I don't think I could watch, like, in the dark alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to have someone in the house or a light on somewhere, you know. I, for me, in uh, Reservation Dogs, of course, it's related to the deer woman. <laughs> um, but it's the last episode we see her in, in the final season. And we finally learn more about her origin and she we watch as she goes to confront someone from her past that hurt her and others and it's it's an intense scene because we we're seeing vulnerability from this character that we haven't seen before but also we know what she's capable of so it's it's you know what's coming but there it's combining the horror of what happened in the past and what's about to happen with the, the emotional side of it. Um, and it's just, it's such an impactful scene. I, I pretty much cried that entire episode, but, but it's also, it's, it's, it's just very intense and it's, there's something, um, cathartic in the way that like watching a rape revenge film can be cathartic. It's very much reminded me of that kind of subgenre of horror. Um, and it's just, I, like I said, I love Dear Woman. I love that legend. It's so good. <laughs> she sounds like she's evil, but with a purpose. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I kind of went into a little detail already for the Adventure Time bit, but for Girl From Nowhere, the actress that plays this, I don't even want to call her a being, this like thing, <laughs> she is so good at like controlling the muscles in her face to go from like sad to happy in the same moment to where it's like crying and laughing at the same time kind of deal. Mm-hmm. There's also like this very specific like laugh that she has that you like hear like echoed throughout the series. And it's just, honestly, it's so iconic. (laughs) It just reminds me of, like, I don't know if you're ever watching, like, a drag show or something. Typically, they have, like, pre-recorded, like, drag queen laughter. Like, RuPaul has it, like, before all of the commercial breaks. So it just kind (laughs) of reminds me of that. But it's just, like, honestly, that show, it's it's pretty unsettling for not being, like, outright horror, more, like, thriller. It's, yeah, it gives you some pretty grotesque images to look at. Mm -hmm. And here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll just do, just say something from the other black girl. Cause I feel like with the watcher, it's the type of movie or series that you should just binge. You need to see for yourself type of thing. And I'll keep it spoiler free because there's a lot of mysteries that's involved with the series, but there's a particular character um, named Hazel who we learn more about, like she's new to the office and we learn her backstory and again, keeping it spoiler free, um, she's just having a conversation with someone and they ask her uh, loosely, this is not exactly it, but they pretty much ask her like, what's one of your goals? What's something that you want um, that you feel like you deserve? And there's other people just talking about what they want. And the monologue that this girl delivered, it literally gave me chills because I've, I felt that so much. It's not so much about what she wanted. She didn't want a particular job. She kind of just wanted to feel free, you know? And it was just like, oh my God, the chills. But I know it sounds like what, but once you watch the series and you see everything come together, just for it to be at that point, it's like you, in some ways, will understand where she's coming from, even if you don't relate. 
um, because we've all kind of, not all of us, but some of us, you know, been in positions like that. So I don't know. I just thought that it was a a really powerful scene. And I think about it often. Plus the actress, Ashley, Ashley Lee, um, it's Ashley Murray. She was also in Riverdale. She's incredible. She's fabulous. And I love her. So, but okay. So now we, we've come down to our final topic, which is actually just like a bonus topic. And not saying that you had to have seen this movie, but have you guys seen the movie, uh, The School for Good and Evil? I haven't. No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I have. So it's... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was prepared. I was like, I saw it. I was like, oh, I got to do it. <laughs> um. So just like the premise of it is, it's about these two best friends, Sophie and Agatha, um, they find themselves on separate sides of a school. Like the girls, there's this character named Sophie who she wants to go to this school called the school for good and evil. It's basically for fairy tale characters, you know, they prepare you, um, for everything. And so it's her dream to get out of that small town and go to the school. Agatha, you know, she's just more of a supporting friend. And she's like, well, I really don't want you to go. You know, she wants her to stay. But they they both are pretty much ridiculed throughout the town. Like, people don't really care for them. People think that Sophie thinks that she's better than people, always calling her princess, her own parents. Oh, it's not really her parents. I think it's just her aunt don't really care for her. And then uh, with Agatha, she cares for her mother. But everyone thinks that Agatha and her mother is a witch. You know, she kind of lives in this cottage that kind of looks like a witch's house. So um, this is not a spoiler because it's literally in the title. So the girls eventually get to the school for good and evil. And so they pretty much get flown in by a creature. And the creature drops you off at a school because they feel your energy. They feel what kind of person you are. So one gets dropped off in the school for good and one gets dropped off in, you know, the school for evil. Again, this is not a spoiler. It is, it's in, okay, it's in the It's synopsis. in the trailer. Thank you. <laughs> Sophie, who looks like a princess, she gets dropped off at the school for evil. And it's just like, she thinks that they made a mistake. Agatha, Agatha, she gets dropped off for the school of good. She looks nothing like the other girls at all. You know, like she kind of looks like a witchy woman, which I love witchy women. (laughs) And even again, when Sophie gets over to the other school, she does not fit in at all. Everybody thinks that she's dropped off. She's having a hard time. So, yeah, it's an awesome movie. But um, am am I missing anything, LT, since you've seen the movie? Um, No, that basically pretty much covers it. And it just like discusses their like journey through like, discovering that morality is not just black or white it's not Mm -hmm. just like strictly good or evil sometimes you're both because you're a human um but no i think the movie itself was really fun i it kind of made me think of uh the same kind of feeling i got when i watched the spider wick chronicles for the first time where it's like obviously this is going to capture magic within an adolescent Mm -hmm. and i cannot wait to hear their thoughts on it like later but like I don't know. It was just like, it was a really kind of feel good fantasy film. Um, there's like an outfit montage that I absolutely live for. That scene, <laughs> I literally screamed when I saw, <laughs> like, what a moment. Truly, truly. She's in this like super flowy gown with the big old bustle and it's just fabulous. Like she just she ruled the it. school. She, she owned uh, that role, which honestly, good for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, so since you kind of have the premise, the question is, of course, it's not, you know, 
it's not just like that where, you know, kind of like what LT said, where it's just, you're either good or you're evil, blah, blah, blah. But just sticking with the premise of the storyline um, or the premise of this movie and everything like that, which school do you think that you would be dropped off at and why? Uh, I think... I mean, honestly, I'd probably be dropped off at the school of good, but I'd probably want to be uh, dropped off at the school of evil just so I'm uh, educated on certain things and, you know, (laughs) the evil world can't catch me slipping. Like, I think I would want a (laughs) demon teacher. I would want a demon as a teacher so they could teach me the ways so that I'm more well-equipped to deal with certain obstacles in the real world and the Mm -hmm. shadow world, you know, so... Okay. For me, I feel like it could go either way. Um, But there are two reasons that I think I might end up at the school for evil. (laughs) Um, The first is that I don't really like people. I like animals. (laughs) So that could be one reason. With the exception, of course, of everyone here. Um, (laughs) And uh, two, I... (laughs) I'm an Ursula apologist. I think she did nothing wrong. I think that Ariel was the idiot for signing that contract and not reading the fine print. So for those reasons, I think I might end up at the school of evil. After watching the movie, I would definitely be in the school for evil. There's, there's like no question about it. I am way too like, if her, as my morality alignment chart is like way more chaotic neutral. It's just like, I, no, I'm too self-serving. Of course I would be in the evil one. Their outfits are much better as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, without giving away like a spoiler, this is just like a throwaway quote that's part of the movie. It's like during one of the classes that they're in for the school of evil, which by the way is taught by Charlie's Theron. Like I would definitely mm-hmm. be there. Um, one of the teachers is like, ugliness is freedom. <laughs> it's just that it's such a high regard <laughs> for like evil. Like is it's what you associate with it. Like all of the Disney villains, they all look right. like, you know, a little decrepit, but you know, they still served. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what I like. I would probably be in the school for evil. Yeah. And they get to eat okay. slop. I love slop. Yeah, they just... <laughs> It was so, like their school looks terrible. Truly. <laughs> Compared um, to the good. Yeah. Are you in the good? They have like queen size beds. And then they in, have in like the a evil? beauty room. Truly. They have a smile class. <laughs> a smiling class. Yes. Versus, like, uglification class, which I was like, oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um. Okay, so um, while watching the movie, or before I started watching it, because they, their marketing was kind of like, you know, which school would you be, which school would you go at, or be placed in, I used to think that I would be placed in the evil school, you know? Because, I don't know, sometimes you got to do what makes you happy. And that includes yelling. That includes, you know, also not in a mean way, but, you know, putting yourself first in some ways, you know. But then, you know what? I am a delicate, sweet little flower. So (laughs) I think that I'd be in the good school. I mean, I'm somebody's princess and queen. So I'd be right in that smiling class, like practicing. I would pass with flying colors. You would definitely get that gold star. Yeah. And then no also, thunder clouds. I, <laughs> like, I agree. Like, I prefer uh, 
the school of evil like their wardrobe was way better in my opinion especially sophie's um yeah but you know you can like tweak it up a little you know get some other colors beyond pastel colors so it's okay but yeah and um that's pretty much it those are all the topics i was also going to include a bonus bonus but it was going to be like a voices bonus thing like if you could do like a voice any voice you want but i don't i don't know i don't want to make people feel comfortable but yeah i think that's pretty much it though okay (laughs) i'm reading the room no, I mean, like, there is one horror voice. Like, I'm not going to do it because I would absolutely do it zero justice. But it's just, like, there's this movie called Munchies. It came, like, late 80s. <laughs> I, I know, right? Like, super, like, out of it's field. Funny. Out of left field. But um, there's this one character. I cannot for the life of me remember her name. But ah, she's, like, short and petite. She's basically a drag queen. And this is going to bug me. So um, she, she almost sounds like if... Bernadette Peters was like from the South and owned a gas station. Um, <laughs> if you can just like put all three of those things <laughs> together in your mind. Um, and so she, specific. Her, I know. Right. And her ward, her wardrobe as well. Like I know I could go on and on about like the costuming for her, but like Not- literally she has like the best one liners. She, she's in a different outfit every single time you see her, her hair is like higher as high as it can be to God. Um, but like literally, Oh, her name's Melvis. Melvis. Like Elvis okay. with an M. <laughs> and she has just the best thing about that entire movie. But yeah, Munchies, she's got one of the most iconic voices other than, um, the the plant from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> okay. But all right, well, you know, I'll leave that alone. Unless anybody else, you, you have a voice, no pressure. All right. Well, are you talking voices that we can do or voices from horror that we think are iconic? Voices that you can do. Okay. Because... I, I mean, I, I'm a theater kid. I grew up a theater kid, so I do a lot of voices. Um, I also have ADHD and possibly undiagnosed autism, so I do a lot of voices. <laughs> uh, but the only one that I can think of, and it's not even a horror thing, I I will pr- do a Mickey Mouse voice, but then like follow my husband around the house and say that I'm going to kill him in the Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> 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 If that gives you a glimpse into my life, I'll be like, uh-huh, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's I, I like taking things that aren't necessarily horror and making them terrifying. <laughs> that's terrifying. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I need Just to imagine hear- like it being completely dark in the house and hearing that next to you. <laughs> now we need to hear I'm you do like scared. ghost face lines as Mickey. That'd be so funny. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my, that's the best part. <laughs> I'm hot now. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. You, you gave me confidence to uh to to do to do my voice. Um, you know, this is this is me as a uh, as John Cassier. You know, as the uh, the crypt keeper, you know, nice. um, tales from the crypt. <laughs> you know, sometimes, 
I will go, I will go around the house, you know, and especially when under the influence of certain things, I will go around the house <laughs> and, you know, just do my, uh, do my John Kassir, my best John Kassir, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I love that. Please send me a clip saying happy birthday on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Molly, please do that for me, too. (laughs) You're just going to get all these voice notes on your birthday of people doing random voices. (laughs) Best day ever. Oh, my God. My face hurts. (laughs) And this was a good bonus. This was a good bonus. Oh my god. Okay. Well, thank you all. I don't I don't have a voice. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> all right, gotta go. <laughs> no, I mean the only voice I can do is I kinda got it from the house bunny when she's like Oliver. You know she does <laughs> I like to do that when I first meet people and then I never see them again, but that's That's fine. But no, thank you all, you know, so much for for joining me on this episode. I had a lot of fun. Um, Before we go, where can we find you all on social media? You know, please tell us everything. Brag about yourself. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll go first. Uh, At the evil Tyrone, uh, spelled T-H-E-E-V-O-L. You know, that's that's love backwards. Uh, Tyrone uh, on Instagram, Twitter slash X, you know, uh, all the social medias. Uh, YouTube, you know, that's where I do my horror discussions and, uh, you know, my interviews. Um, Mark Oestes, he calls me the Montel of the horror community. So, you, you know, are. I nice. just... I'm just I was feeling myself off that off that compliment right there. But yeah, you know, just uh, just just uh, catch me there doing my thing. If ever you want to come on and talk horror, you can always DM me or send me an email, theevilTyrone at gmail.com. And, you know, we can set something up no matter if you're just a fan of horror or, you know, you're a writer, director, whatever, like. I'm here to chop it up, you know, about your favorite, about your favorite uh, tales and also, you know, anything you've got going on and beyond, you know, sometimes these conversations get kind of deep, you know, but that's, that's, uh, that's just how it goes. That's how it goes. Um, For me, you can find me pretty much on all the social media platforms, uh, just as my name, Molly Henry. Just make sure you don't miss the extra E in my last name. It's H-E-N-E-R-Y. <laughs> it's very confusing. Um, except for on Twitter, which I refuse to call by the other name. Um, on there, I am uh, at Blogging Banshee. Uh, and you can find, I'm probably the most active on Twitter, but you can find me in all those places. And I talk a lot about Obviously, uterus horror films is a big thing for me. I talk a lot about gender snaps. <laughs> Anyone that knows me, that's pretty much all I talk about. Um, and of course, reviews and hopefully more uh, original work will be on there as well um, with the upcoming queer horror film guide. So. And you can catch me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Um, I don't have like a posting schedule because what even is time? Um, but definitely check me out on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at Queer Demon. Remember, the O is a zero because 
I'm just not that quick, unfortunately, but <laughs> uh, I just did a recent unboxing video that you should totally check out and see. I had so much fun opening it and you can DM me your favorite scary movies. I just love to talk about this. Nice. And thank you all again. Um, so feel free to follow, you know, Bloody Discussing on Instagram and Twitter, Be Discussing Pod, or drop us an email at bediscussingpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok for all things Bloody Disgusting. Be Disgusting. So thank you all so much for listening to the Bloody Disgusting podcast. Also, I have to say this because I try to be like my co-host, John. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bye.